1: welcome back everybody this is mark lawrence once again with victor king and we're set to go against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards as it's mid-december we're into the final three weeks of the national football league season and best of all the college bowl season will kick off this saturday and with that victory we talk about the college football bowl games kicking off this saturday i know you've also before we get into the show. want to let us know out there right at the top of the show you've got a big 10 star play on tap this sunday if you would let us know about it
2: absolutely it's in the nfl our 10 star game of the year it is an over under play and naturally mark it isn't over and we are anticipating the same result as our 10 star college football game of the year which was usc and notre dame over the total and that one covered by double digits we are anticipating the same outcome and of course our play will be put up today Wednesday at the playbook.com website so you can get in nice and early and you mentioned all of the newsletters this is definitely our busiest time of the year here in the playbook offices not only are we still doing our regular issues of the playbook newsletter and the midweek alert newsletter and the totals tip sheet but we are also wrapping up the bowl stat report as you mentioned and by the time people start listening to our podcast, that publication will be available as well. So four big playbook publications available this week. And as we've talked about many times in the past, it's not work. It's a uh, a project of passion, but it is definitely a busy time of the year here in the playbook offices.
1: Well, Victor, if you have to say it's not work, just remind me of that last night I was up till <laughs> four in the four in the morning. You <laughs> well, love put that. some final touches <laughs> on the College Bowl stat report. But it is indeed a labor of love, as you mentioned. And this publication is also one of the publications that I'm most proud of, the College Football Bowl Stat Report. This is jam packed with useful information for the College Football Bowl games, all forty bowl games, if you will. And we've got some knockout stats inside the bowl stat report. As Victor mentioned, you can download a copy at playbook.com. Get it in your hands in time for the college football bowl season, which will kick off this Saturday. There's been a lot of big changes in the world of college football also, Victor, here as we're doing this show. A lot of coaching changes, and I didn't, I didn't imagine that we would see this many coaching changes before the bowl games started. I knew there were going to be coaching changes that were going to be abounding, but we have a total of 16 major co- uh, coaching changes on tap here, thus far this football season here. I think right at the top of the list, uh, you know, the most notable would probably be Charlie Strong being fired from Texas and being hired at South Florida. And uh, I think the other part of the coup, before I ask your opinion on some of these coaching changes here, Victor, it was a coup for the state of Florida, if you will. And I'm talking about South Florida in particular, where FIU and FAU, they bring in Butch Davis and Lane Kiffin, respectively, as new head coaches for uh, these football programs. And I think they're going to be big name marquee hires for those programs. And I think they can do only one thing, and that's go up with Butch Davis and Lane Kiffin now at the helm at Florida International and Florida Atlantic. But, Victor, your take on all these big major college football bowl changes, or coaching changes, I should say, that have happened thus far this season.
2: You're right. It's amazing. So many changes before the bowls even kick off. And it literally is a carousel, a little merry-go-round, a giant bicycle wheel with spokes reaching out where everything is kind of interconnected. And there were certainly some winners. There was even some losers as well, but... Uh, At the top of my head here, winners, Longhorns. They got the man they coveted, Tom Hervin, and they did not have to reset the salary bar uh, for the entire sport in the process. Uh, Winner, again, would be uh, South Florida. Our friends up there in the Tampa area. Texas's gain is also South Florida's gain. Uh, The Longhorns, of course, dismissal of Charlie Strong, allow the Bulls to land a guy fully capable of meeting and perhaps even exceeding the great work done by the recently departed Willie Taggart. And that brings us to our next winner, which be Oregon. The Ducks fans who have been fantasizing about the return of uh, the Chipster might be underwhelmed by the hiring of Willie Taggart, but they should not be. The guy's a brilliant mind, and we talked last week about the progress for, that he made, tremendous progress in his four-year period there At South Florida, I would submit to you a team from the Big Ten like the Purdue Boilermakers. You know, the last time Purdue hired a coach with a great offensive mind and a proven track record, albeit at a lower level, his name was Joe Tiller, and he became the winningest coach in school history. Of course, we're not saying that Jim Brown will win 87 games at Purdue, but he brings instant credibility with what he did at Western Kentucky, Uh, I would also throw at you a couple of programs who won by not losing, and that would be North Carolina and Penn State. You know, the Tar Heels, they still got Larry Fedora. They're very pleased with that. His name has been thrown around as a candidate at several schools, and and the fact that he's there, staying there at North Carolina, I think that's a win. And same thing with James Franklin there uh, on Penn State. There was talk earlier in the season about him actually potentially being on the hot seat. And what he did in the second half of the season, getting Penn State to the uh, championship game and winning the Big Ten championship, hats off to him. And I'm sure they're very proud to retain him there at Penn State. A couple of the programs that might have been losers, I would submit to you an entire conference, perhaps, Mark, the AAC. You know, this conference was rated for coaches, Herman, Rule, Taggart. And this was following a year in which they lost Justin Fuente to Virginia Tech. So that's a significant conference uh, brain drain, if you will. LSU, mm, I don't know. You know, they they fired Les Miles. They whiffed on Jimbo Fisher. They whiffed on Tom Herman. You got to feel good for Ed Orgeron. He is a Louisiana. But they certainly didn't get their, you know, top choice there. I would also submit that a guy like P.J. Fleck from Western Michigan, what a job, undefeated 13-0 season. And, To me, the timing was perfect for him to move on to a Power 5 job, and it appears he's going to stay at Kalamazoo. That's great for their program, but this may have been the best time for him to uh, move on elsewhere.
1: You know, Victor, that's a good recap, and you're talking about uh, some of the programs that may have whiffed, and you mentioned Ed Ogeron at LSU, and not so much because it's Ed Ogeron, but because it's not a marquee name. And you had a coach like Les Miles, who, by the way, is a free agent, and I think he'll end up being Uh the next big hire somewhere, down the road here very soon. Now, there's programs that could use less Miles, and I'm sure uh, we'll be talking about him perhaps next week or in the, the week thereafter before we wrap up the 2016 football season. But uh, you're talking about Ogeron, and you look at resumes. My goodness, uh, I read this in the USA Today that uh, when he was a head coach at uh, Mississippi in the Southeast Conference, he went 3-21. and 21. That's not a lot to say on a resume for a head coach for a football program like LSU. So that could be, as you mentioned, a whiff. And I think uh, one of the other big, major kudos, a major home run, was Baylor when they hired Matt Rule from Temple. Yep. That uh, that pr- that program needed uh, they needed to be solidified, some solidification. And uh, he'll be an excellent coach. He was a disciplinarian at Temple. He had his players all on the same page, and if he can do that at Baylor, he can get the Baylor Bears on the map here real quick. This is a Baylor football team that talk about the bowl games uh, they started the season 6-0 and and they went 0-6 to end the uh, the college football season here so they were in need obviously of addressing the coaching situation I think Matt Rule was a great hire for that football program as well and, and also to go back to what I alluded to Florida Atlantic Florida International with Lane Kiffin and Butch Davis I think were two terrific hires as well and then we haven't mentioned Cincinnati the Bearcats they hired Luke Fickle, uh, the defensive coordinator right. from Ohio State, who uh, has done some really, really nice things with the Buckeyes. And at one time, he was rumored to be the uh, in the running for a head coach at Ohio State when they had some coaching problems there. With I think it was back when Jim Trestle was the head coach. He was it filled it took over as an interim. So uh, we'll see what he can do. He'll stay within the state of Ohio and have to go out and out-recruit Urban Meyer, if you will. But uh, I think that was a good hire by the Cincinnati Bearcats as well. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, Victor, let's move over to the National Football League side of things, where we're down to the final three weeks of the National Football League season. And with that, there's talk of playoffs in the air. Teams that are in, teams that are not, and teams that want to be. And uh, you're talking about, uh, I loved looking at the playoff picture, and if the playoffs started this particular week, it's amazing to find that one of the top four seeds would be the Detroit Lions. Uh, they have the winningest record, if you will, uh, number two seed in the NFC behind the Dallas Cowboys. You know, leading right now in the NFC North, and also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll say this about Tampa Bay: when uh, when when I had the pleasure of uh, doing the Westgate seminar out in Las Vegas in August, we were reviewing some football teams, and I was really really high on the chances of the Chicago Bears to go over the total the Oakland Raiders to stay under the total, and I was as wrong as the day could be long on both of those selections. But there was another, the third choice that I had was the Tampa Bay Bucks, who I thought would be a really, really improved football team this year, and they're proving to be just that. Part of the equation with Tampa Bay was the fact that last year, it was a team that, uh, despite only having four wins in the season, they finished in the top ten, offensively and defensively, statistically did Tampa Bay last year, and you don't find that, a four-win team to finish in the top 10 on both sides of the football, and it's paying out in spades for the Buccaneers this week. It'll be interesting to see what happens when that big Sunday night football game. They flex that game Sunday night. It'll be Dallas and Tampa on the Sunday night football showdown this week. And uh, uh, also, before I get over to a main topic I'm going to talk about here, Victor, uh, from our good friend Steve Crabb, the Texas Tornado, he nominates each week his most embarrassed football team. And he mentioned, made mention of the Seattle Seahawks, and I think obviously they would be, the leading candidate for being the most embarrassed team because they were wiped out by the Green Bay Packers last week from the get-go. But you can't play on a Seattle football team that's going to lay 16 points in a football game. That's not a lot of value and not a lot of practicality in doing that. The other team that he submitted would be the Oakland Raiders, who gave up their first-place tiebreaker position in the AFC playoff spot when they lost to Kansas City. So it may be indeed finding the Oakland Raiders to be that most embarrassed, most hungry football team playing on the NFL football card this week. And with that, Victor, talking about getting down the stretch here, Aaron Rodgers really improved uh, his game in that big victory last week helping the Green Bay Packers to solidify their playoff chances here this particular week. They still have some work to do Do the Green Bay Packers. They're sitting right now currently the ninth seed in the NFC. They've got some work to do. The Baltimore Ravens have work to do, as do the Miami Dolphins and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how uh, this all works out in the final three weeks of the football season here. But in preparing for the show this week, uh, I was at NFL Reference com, a great football site for NFL handicapping and just NFL information in general. And I was a little bit amazed at uh, they have a, a category called the winningest or best NFL QB ratings in the career of quarterbacks. And uh, going up and down the list here, it surprised me a little bit to find out who the number one all-time career quarterback is in NFL quarterback ratings. But what also surprised me, Victor, was to find some major, major Hall of Famers that weren't even close in the standings here. But I'm going to run that by you, Victor. Tell me who you think would be the top one or two quarterbacks all-time NFL career in NFL QB ratings.
2: Give me one clue. Is it a quarterback who's currently playing?
1: It is a quarterback that is currently playing. Number one, number two, and number three are all quarterbacks that are currently playing.
2: I would think a, a gut reaction would be Mr. Brady right off the bat, Tom Brady.
1: But Tom Brady is number four on the hit list. He comes in at number four. A little bit surprising. I thought he would have been number one as well. Uh, You know, he's been around quite a while and all the uh, accolades that he's won. But he is not, by QB rating standards, all-time best in the National Football League. It happens to be the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers, the only quarterback in his career with a QB rating of over 100 lifetime 103.8, 103.8, Aaron Rodgers, a certain Hall of Famer. Number two happened to be Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks, who's done a terrific job with the Seahawks since he's been their quarterback. Number three, a quarterback that's the highest paid cheerleader in the National Football League this year, Tony Romo from the Dallas Cowboys. Number four <laughs> is Tom Brady. Number five is a veteran Former quarterback Victor. I'm gonna of all the quarterbacks in the past. You tell me the Hall of Famers at all. What quarterback slots in at number five on our QB rating list?
2: Okay, so this is a quarterback who's currently not playing anymore.
1: Not in the league anymore, but he's played well enough to rank number five all time in career quarterback ratings in the National Football League.
2: I, I do have a guess here, and I would think it would be. Uh a guy who played in some sort of a West Coast system in which you probably pass a little bit more than run, and I would say Steve Young
1: bingo. It was Steve Young from the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, that was the formula, that West Coast offense. And that's the reason you find Rodgers, Wilson, Romo, Brady, et al. ranking in the top four along with Steve Young, number five because of these West Coast type offenses. Not so much that they run the West Coast offense, it's just that the passing is the name of the game today in the National Football League. You go up and down the list and you see number 12, Joe Montana. Number 12, Hall of Famer, arguably the best quarterback by many people in national football league history. Number 26, Dan Marino from the Miami Dolphins. Number 27, Brett Favre, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. Number 35, Jim Kelly of the Buffalo Bills. And you ask yourself, my goodness, what are these guys ranked so low for? And you find the likes of quarterbacks today. Ben Roethlisberger, number nine. You find also Matty Ice from Atlanta, number 11 on the list. Uh, Chad Pennington, get this, Victor. Chad Pennington, number thirteen, uh, the what? mediocre. Yes, the mediocre quarterback that he was with the Jets and the Dolphins, but he did put up QB ratings. Uh, he was very efficient, not throwing picks. He was very efficient in a touchdown to quarterback interception ratio. And because he did play in a little bit of a spirited offense that uh, was good enough to rank him at 90.1 in a quarterback ratings type situation. So I guess the bottom line is you can take these ratings with a grain of salt because you could say that uh, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Jim Kelly obviously don't deserve to be ranked down that low. But the fact of the matter is their numbers said that they were. So it's interesting to see exactly what we've got with these quarterbacks as, as they're playing here today. Big Ben Roethlisberger, number nine on the list here. My friend, Kurt Warner, number 10. Now, there's a quarterback from the uh, Hall of Fame quarterback that does make the top 10 list because he was played in a spirited offense, an offense that got the ball down the field. So there you go. Those are the uh, NFL QB all-time quarterback ratings. Number one on the list, Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. And if we put this poll out to our listeners out there and we had to say, take your choice, Excuse me, Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, I think the people might have voted for Brett Favre <laughs> in those ratings. What's mm-hmm. your take, Victor?
2: Let me just throw out my one comment about, and I'm finally on the list here now. I see profootballreference.com. Some of the names here are fascinating. Some of them are very, very head-scratching. But my one final comment is some great quarterbacks, they transcend eras. Even in the three yards in the cloud of dust era, to see Otto Graham with the Cleveland Browns still in the top 25, At number twenty four overall. That's a feel good. Let's have a nice little hug there. The best Cleveland Brown quarterback of all time. He's still ranked in the top
1: twenty five. He sure is. Uh be Autogram number twenty four, Dan Marino Mm -hmm. number twenty six. And who wedges in right between them? (laughs) <laughs> no, I see it. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill <laughs> of the Miami Dolphins. So you take these ratings with a grain of salt, if you will. But nonetheless, they're, they, they were an interesting topic to talk about. And uh, I would agree Aaron Rodgers is deserved to be the number one quarterback, and he is a surefire Hall of Fame quarterback. We'll see more and more of him. Hopefully his team will make the playoffs before the end of the football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our college football bowl game of the week. We've got a college football bowls kickoff this Saturday. We'll do that. Our NFL preview game of the week and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
3: Attention all serious football fans, if you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the
2: all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at playbooksuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at playbooksuperstore.com.
0: Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at firefan.com. Use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at firefan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at firefan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is Free Fire Fan. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code Free Fire Fan now at firefan.com.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. And with the college football bowl games kicking off this Saturday, our featured college football game of the week will be a bowl game, the Las Vegas Bowl, when the Houston Cougars take on the San Diego State Aztecs and the victor of all the minor bowl games. This is a pretty good matchup, the Houston Cougars and the San Diego State Aztecs. Your take on the Las Vegas Bowl this Saturday.
2: Agreed. On paper, it's a great matchup. But I do question the motivation, not just for one team, but both teams here. Uh, it's the 25th edition of the Las Vegas Bowl. It's actually the first time since 2003 that it has not had any sort of uh, sponsorship attached to it. It spent the previous three years known as the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl. And usually, we got another change in regards to the game. Usually, it features the Mountain West Conference champion like it does this season, but also the fifth or sixth seeded team from the Pac-12. However, with only six bowl-eligible teams in the Pac-12 this season, the game instead will feature an American Athletic Conference team for the first time in the Houston Cougars. And again, I question the motivation, particularly on day one of the bowls. This is not like a Eastern Michigan team that's absolutely thrilled to be playing in the Bowls for the first time in a long time and playing in the Bahamas to boot. This is Houston and San Diego State, two programs that were hoping to play in New Year's Day or later Bowls. We've also talked about the fact that the Houston Cougars, the man who coached them to a nine-and-three record this season, will not be on the sideline in this one, which would be Tom Herman. Of course, defensive coordinator Todd Orlando had been kind of holding the interim tag until the school. Officially announced that Major Applewhite would take over the head coaching duties. We don't even know if that's a permanent move. He could very well follow Tom Herman to Austin in the offseason. Who knows? The defense is a surprising aspect of Houston. We know they're a one-trick pony on offense with Greg uh, Ward Jr. Not only throwing for a ton of yards, but also leading the team in rushing. But what's surprising to me for Houston, and as a result, they've had more unders than overs this season... Is their defense? Number 12 overall defense on the season, allowing only 302 yards per game. Number 28 scoring defense, allowing only 22.6 points per game. Again, as I mentioned, 5-7 and seven over under on the season for Houston. And again, the San Diego State team. Now, this is a team that returned a lot of players. They put together fantastic defensive numbers over the last two years the Aztecs have allowing only 16 points per game last year and 20 the year before. And they slipped up, but only by a few points this season. Still number 19 in scoring defense. They allowed only 21 points per game, San Diego State. I think you can see where we're going in this game here, Mark. Number 15, statistical defense, allowing only 307 yards per game. Yes, surprising that they went 8-5 and five over under on the year but still a very, very good defense. And this is a team that does not put the ball up in the air very, very often. Their offense basically relies on the the nation's second-leading rusher, Donald Pumphrey, and his backfield mate, uh, Rashad Penny. This is a team that loves to run the ball. And the good thing for us under players, and yes, that's the way they're going, is is Houston has a very, very good rush defense as well. So that tells us that that could potentially take San Diego State out of their um, comfort zone. We're liking the under, and apparently a lot of the Sharps are liking the under as well, Mark. You know, you mentioned, I know, in this week's Playbook newsletter, that the over-under line of this game has jumped fairly significantly, opening at 60 for the Las Vegas Bowl. And as we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning, it's down a full 5.5 points, 54.5. i played it at 56 I still think there's value in the under at 54.5, particularly with a couple of teams that may not bring their A games to this particular game on Saturday afternoon, 3.30 Eastern, ABC TV. Based on the point spread and over-under line, uh, Houston is the predicted victor in this game, 29 to 25.5. we got it coming out a little bit closer, according to our database. A one- or two-point game, perhaps, somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 to twenty three. Somewhere with a point total in the high 40s, I still think we have some value. And, Mark, I'm going under this week in the Las Vegas Bowl.
1: Big line moved to the under in the football game. Victor King agrees he's going under in the Las Vegas Bowl for his side. In the football matchup, and as Victor mentioned here, this is a matchup of two teams whose season didn't end quite on the note that they expected. They uh, were looking like they were cruising to begin the football season here, but Houston's season went sideways this football season here. They started five and zero, they went four and three on out. They lost Tom Herman, their head coach, the last week of the football season when he was made a big hire at the University of Texas. Uh, so a little bit of a bummer there for the Houston Cougars, if you will. They come in here having lost the money six. Of the last seven football games against the spread to close out the football season here, the one good note for the Houston Cougars is they went up against five other bowl teams this year, and they won the yards or outside of those teams in every one of those five football games. San Diego State also went up against five other bowl teams, and they were out-yarded, surprisingly, in four of those five football games. This is a San Diego State football team that normally – it's on The shoe is on the other foot. They dominate teams statistically, but they were pushed around in the playing field against bowl teams this year. The Aztecs did, however, hold, if you will, five opponents to either season-low or second-low yardage marks this year, so that defense is still hitting on all cylinders for San Diego State. From our database, we note that pre-New Year's Day dogs of three or more points that have a the better record in a bowl game coming in off a double-digit win, as is San Diego State. They're 30-9 against the spread in those particular football games. And uh, Victor also alluded to the fact that their running back, Donnell Pumphrey, uh, from San Diego State, is the leading rusher in the country. He needs 108 yards rushing in this game to eclipse Ron Dane from Wisconsin, the nation's all-time rushing leader in NCAA history. So you look for a big effort. I think they'll pound the ball on the ground with hum- or Pumphrey, I should say, in this football game. I think that'll also contribute to Victor's side to the under total in the football contest as well. The bottom line to me, if you look at this football game here, this is a Houston Cougar team that last year beat Florida State in the Peach Bowl. They were a big six-and-a-half-point dog. They won the game in straight-up fashion. I allude to that because from the database, bowl teams the next year who won a bowl game previous as six-and-a-half-point or more dogs are 0-10 against the spread when they're favored in a bowl game the following year. So the big role change for the Houston Cougars is in effect here I'll play that 0-10 bowl change, grab the points with San Diego State for my side in this year's Las Vegas bowl matchup. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week, a beauty inside the AFC North when the Pittsburgh Steelers invade Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. That and a whole lot more to come right around the corner here on Mark Lawrence against the spread.
0: Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at firefan.com. Use the promo code
2: PlaybookKing.
0: It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code PlayBookKing. That code again is Playbook King. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code Playbook King now at FireFan.com.
1: Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread in this week's College and Pro Football Cards. It's time once again for our NFL Game of the Week in a beauty inside the AFC North Division when the Cincinnati Bengals play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Victor, your take on the Steelers and the Bengals this Sunday.
2: Absolutely. You know, this is one of the plays in this week's Totals tip sheet, so we're going to let the cat out of the bag and let the folks know that Just like our bowl selection, we're going to be going under the total in this game. You know, this was originally scheduled for the NBC Sunday night game. And if you would have asked me to bet money on which game would they uh, insert in lieu of this game, boy, I would have bet money, Mark, that it would have been New England versus Denver, moving that game from the 425 Eastern spot to the Sunday night spot. I was very, very surprised when I saw it was Tampa Bay-Dallas. Yes, I do see a first-place tie team against another first-place team in Dallas, but again, I would have bet money would have been another game. I would not have thought that they would put Dallas on a Sunday night for two consecutive weeks in a row. That's just my two cents worth. Apparently, The Cowboys generate some big-time Sunday night ratings. I know that was the case in their game against the Giants a couple of days ago. But anyway, we're talking Pittsburgh-Cincinnati. It moves up to a normal 1 o'clock kickoff. The over-under line opened at 45. It's come down a full point to 44. And I still think we got some value in this game going under the total. Of course, this is one of uh, only two games this weekend in which both teams are still ranked in the top 10 in scoring defense on the season with Pittsburgh allowing 19.7 points per game, a very surprising Pittsburgh defense this season. They were a tremendous over team in each of the last two years. They've turned into a great under team this season. Even Cincinnati's good defense has allowed less than 21 points per game as well. Not to mention that it doesn't hurt us that this series has averaged only 39.8 points per game in the last five meetings, four of which have gone under The total, I talked about it in this week's totals tip sheet, how in the last month of the season, division games tend to go under the total at a pretty high percentage, particularly when the road team is favored by a field goal or more. The last time I looked, Pittsburgh was favored by three to three and a half points. So we got something out of the database here that says game 10 or greater, division road favorites of three or more points, when the over-under line is 42 or more points. That's the case in this one. These games have gone 3-21-1 and over mm-hmm. the last four seasons. And not only that, this is a uh, first of three straight division games in a row to close out the regular season for the Steelers, who, of course, play Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland in the last three weeks of the season. So this is not dependent on the time or the last month of the season, But again, out of our database, four overs, 26 unders, one tie since 2007. NFL road teams in the first of three straight division games when the over-under line is greater than 40 points. So that's another strong under situation that uh, has Pittsburgh active in it this particular week. Uh, Finally, you know, Pittsburgh had this great, great game last week against Buffalo in which they won in – Rushed for, I believe, exactly 240 yards in the last three seasons in the NFL. Favorites who rushed for 240 or more yards on the road the previous week have gone a perfect 0-7 and over-under. We got this game finishing somewhere around 37, 38 points. That gives us 7 to 8 points of value. And, Mark, we're indeed going under with Pittsburgh-Cincinnati. The game flexed out of its Sunday night spot to a normal 1 o'clock Eastern kickoff in Cincinnati where it's going to be bitter
1: cold bitter cold it will be as Victor goes under the total in the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game and Victor I agree with you I think this this is one of the poorest flex moves that they've made in the National Football League and whether it was love and admiration for the Dallas Cowboys I don't understand it and in fact, I think this would have been the ideal Sunday night football game. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, a lot of intrigue. Great rivalry matchup here. You have Vontes Burfecht, the linebacker from Cincinnati, back in the lineup. He wasn't there for the first meeting when they played Pittsburgh, the headhunter. Uh, linebacker that he is, playing terrific this football season here. That in itself is a story unto itself. Just perfect back against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't believe for the life of me that they moved this game out in favor of Jerry Jones's Dallas Cowboys who have clinched their division Uh, right now, it it just blows my mind. But nonetheless, we deal with what the National Football League decides with this flex move. Still a good football game. Nonetheless, Pittsburgh comes in here. The third seed, currently in the NFL playoff picture here, but breathing right down their backs are a lot of teams in the AFC. Pittsburgh needs this win like blood. Cincinnati's still mathematically alive, if you can believe it. They're sitting here at 5-7-1 in the season here, a a 12th seed, mathematically alive. If they can win out and go 8-7-1, they could, they could, a very slim chance, but they could still make the playoffs here, just given the fact that they have Pittsburgh, Houston, and Baltimore, three teams that are all atop of them right now in the playoff picture here. So wins against all three of those football teams could make for an interesting end-of-the-season finish for the Cincinnati Bengals in the contest. Pittsburgh has dominated the Steelers in the series of late. The last 21 games, they've won 16 times in the scoreboard, 15 times against the spread. A red-hot Pittsburgh Steelers football team into this football game they're 4-0 straight up into the spread their last four games. And in fact, they've covered won the money seven straight games in a row had the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Very quietly becoming one of the better teams in the National Football League right now is Pittsburgh here. For Cincinnati, Andy Dalton has really played well in his career in the month of December. He's 16-8 straight up in all 24 starts that he's made in the month of December, going 16, 7, and 1 to the spread. And in fact, Dalton in his career is 4-1 and one straight up, 5-0 and zero to the spread in December as a dog with revenge against an opponent off a double-digit win. So good numbers for Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals in the contest here. I'm going to side with the Bengals in this football game here. I know if Pittsburgh's coming in on a major role right now, and I think that's been adjusted in the point spread here. If you take a look, the last five times the Bengals have been a home dog. They've won all five of those games straight up. This is a Cincy team that's a little bit banged up talent-wise, but they're still, they are still haven't thrown in the towel Still mathematically alive, I'll play Cincinnati plus the points for my side in the Pittsburgh Cincinnati Showdown game this Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And once again, it's time for one of our favorite segments as we hop out to Las Vegas to check out the Vegas vibe with our good friend Andy Isco from The Logical Approach in Las Vegas. Andy, how's everything going for you as we begin to prepare for this hectic college bowl season?
3: Oh, everything's going well, heating up aside from the temperatures, although we will be in the mid 60s for the balance of the week. But I did want to comment on a couple of things I just heard you and Victor discussing. Number one, you asked why or you questioned why the NFL would flex out of Cincinnati Pittsburgh for Dallas Tampa Bay. And the answer is that very easy seven letter word ratings. Dallas, (laughs) with their success this year, uh, has drawn a lot of nationwide attention. And so, uh, with the NFL ratings in question back early in September and October, the NFL, I think, is doing as much as it can. And, as far as Cincinnati-Pittsburgh goes, I happen to agree with you as far as Cincinnati at uh, their current record, 5-7-1 uh, being still mathematically alive. Unfortunately for the Cincinnati Bengals, the one thing that even if they went out would hurt them, Pittsburgh. Hosts Cleveland in week 17 and if Pittsburgh if (laughs) Pittsburgh wins any of their last three games that that's win number nine that eliminates Cincinnati but heading into this week's matchup with Pittsburgh uh, the Cincinnati Bengals do remain alive and of course they are very capable of uh, running the table as they've been a playoff team the last five years but looks to end this uh, uh, this year although wouldn't it be ironic if Cleveland ends up with its only win at Pittsburgh.
1: I was just going to say, Andy, you don't give my hometown Cleveland Browns a chance at all to beat <laughs> Pittsburgh.
3: <laughs> if they make if they make it thirteen against eleven, maybe it's a pick'em.
1: Maybe okay, I, I got you. We could uh, we could trade a player and make it thirteen. Uh, we could do it that way and uh, root for the Cleveland Browns nonetheless. But I know Cleveland will give their best effort in the game. I doubt seriously if it's going to matter in the scoreboard. But we'll see what the point spread is on that football game in the final week of the football season. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy publishes one of the best football handicapping newsletters on the market, basketball as well, called TheLogicalApproach.com. Or you can go to TheLogicalApproach.com, I should say, to download a copy of Andy's newsletter. Or you can get a copy in the Playbook Super Score. Look for The Logical Approach Weekly Football Newsletter. And Andy, with that, we are talking a little bit earlier on in the show with the National Football League playoff picture. Getting a little bit intense right now. We're down to the final three weeks of the football season here, and the biggest surprise to me is the fact that uh, the number two seed in the NFC happens to be the Detroit Lions, a football team that I don't think many people expected maybe perhaps to be a surprise team and perhaps earn maybe a playoff spot, but not to be the uh, the number two seed in the NFC side of things here. You're taking Andy on the NFL football playoff picture as we get down and closer to the wire here. Any surprises that you might see coming up the road?
3: Well, I think three of the teams that have been the biggest surprises based upon where they were expected to finish at the start of the season, uh, the Detroit Lions, as you mentioned, they've uh, benefited from the fact that both Green Bay and Minnesota, the teams expected to uh, dominate the NFC North this year, have struggled. Uh, Green Bay playing well of late. Minnesota may be starting to wake up, but Detroit's taken adva- take advantage of that. They've been able to win the close games. The same can be said of the New York Giants. I think the Giants were expected to be a contender in the NFC East, but not against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, more likely uh, the Washington Redskins, the defending champions of the of the division from last year, and yet Dallas got out to that, that big lead, and the Giants are doing this year what they couldn't do last year, and that's hold on to fourth quarter leads. Last year, they were uh, abysmal. I want to say 6-10. and 10. They could have easily been 10-6 and six if the game had ended after 58 minutes, and of course this year, Dallas off to that great start, and then let's throw uh, Tampa Bay in there as one of the surprising teams playing well down the stretch. They have uh, continued to develop very nicely with Jameis Wins and a quarterback, their defense playing well. In fact, that's part of the reason for Green Bay's recent success has been the Packer defense. And in the AFC, I think the biggest surprise by far has to be the Oakland Raiders, and you can make a very strong case for Derek Carr uh, being league MVP, notwithstanding the loss last week at Kansas City.
1: Andy Isco from the TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas with his overview of the stretch run of the National Football League season about to take place this weekend in the NFL. And Andy, as we do each and every week on the show, if we can catch up on what's going on in the Westgate Superbook Contest. I know there's only three more weeks remaining in the contest here this week, and where do we stand right now? Is it tightening up, or is anybody beginning to pull away?
3: No, unlike the last few years where we've had uh, clear leaders who were lapping the field almost, this year has been extremely competitive and remains so down the stretch. The leader in the contest is at 46.5 out of a possible 70 points with one, win- one point being given for a point spread win, half a point for a point spread push. uh, 46.5 points is 66.4% of the possible 70 points. Uh, That's only a half-point lead over another contestant at 46. In fact, we've got a total of uh, 20, a little bit 20-plus, I believe it is, within two-and-a-half points of the lead with three weeks, 15 points remaining. Uh, At the bottom of the pay scale, they paid the top 50 places, and there are 26 people tied for the final three payoff spots of 48, 49, and 50. So 26 are tied uh, for the uh, 48th through uh, 64th spots. and uh, excuse me, 74th spot actually, uh, at 60.0%, uh, exactly 42 and 28 on the year. Uh, as far as the consensus goes, is this consensus has been extremely streaky. You recall in weeks two, three, and four, uh, the consensus had an abysmal 1 and 14 record. 0-5, 0-5, 1-4. and, 5, 0 and, 5, 1 and 4. In midseason, it started to pick up a little bit. Then it started to decline a little bit. But over the last four weeks now, the consensus has done extremely well, 15-4-1. For the season, the consensus is still 30-37-3, and three. that's 45%, but it's making a stretch run as a lot of the handicappers are gearing up for the final three weeks of the Super Contest, which of course includes the $20,000 mini contest for the best record over the final three weeks. So we're seeing some changes at the top of the leaderboard. In fact, the leader last week uh, just went two and three, went from 44 to 46 points, so it enabled a lot of people on what was a very good week overall for the contestants to make up some ground and close that field uh, Uh, The uh, top uh, 20 leaders, again, uh, very narrowly bunched.
1: A tight pack coming down the stretch in the Westgate Superbook contest here. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And as he does each week, Jay Cornegade, the sports director at the Westgate, sends out early advance lines on the NFL football games a week in advance. And Andy, from last week's lines to what we're seeing on the street this week, are there any noticeable differences?
3: Well, there are several worth pointing out. Of course, the top game, the Thursday game, Los Angeles at Seattle. What's interesting about this game is the fact that last week, Seattle was a 12.5-point home favorite for this game. Now, the weekend results saw Seattle get Lampasset at a Green Bay team that's playing very well, and the Rams, of course, playing at home, lost very badly to Atlanta, an even uglier loss. And yet, when the line came out, Seattle remained a 12.5-point favorite, so uh, Jay did not make much of an adjustment based upon the two poor performances, even though one was at home and one was on the road at a playoff caliber team however the public got involved and this line has been bet up to seattle a 15 point favorite in a lot of places part of it had to do with the announcement of jeff fisher being fired as rams coach but that announcement came on monday morning the line had already moved up over 13 and a half to 14 on sunday evening other games that are worth noting the saturday game miami at the new york jets last week miami was a three and a half point road favorite for this saturday night contest Of course, Ryan Tannehill, the Miami quarterback, got injured in their win over Arizona on Sunday. So when the line came up in the afternoon, that injury was known. It was feared that he might be lost for the season with an ACL injury. As it is, he's going to miss some time. We don't know if he'll be back. Yet Miami was only adjusted down to a three-point road favorite, bet down to two and a half. Seems a very, very small adjustment for a starting quarterback going against the New York Jets team that is basically playing out the string. So we'll see if that small enough of adjustment is warranted. And I'll be interested to see how this line closes with people looking to take a chance on the Jets playing out the string or Miami playing to make the playoffs. Dallas-Tampa Bay, another interesting game on Sunday. The Cowboys last week were nine and a half point home favorites over Tampa Bay. After this weekend's results, now this line came out with Dallas an 8.5-point favorite before their Sunday night game at the Giants. Tampa Bay, of course, another impressive win on Sunday afternoon, uh, defeating the New Orleans Saints 16-11. Another fine defensive game by Tampa Bay. When the line came out on Monday morning, Dallas down to a a 7.5-point favorite, bet down to 7. So a huge reaction to Dallas's three-point loss at the Giants. On Sunday night. Speaking of the Giants, they were three and a half point home favorites against the red-hot Detroit Lions last week. Uh, with both teams winning on Sunday, the Giants had opened a five and a half point favorite. That game came off the board when it came back up on Monday morning. Following the Giants' Sunday night win, uh, they were down to four and a half point favorite. So, a big adjustment to the New York Giants, despite the fact that both Detroit and the Giants won on sunday green bay a four point favorite last week that's where they were installed sunday evening yet they were quickly bet up to six six and a half in their game at chicago two more games worth noting the atlanta falcons were 11 point favorites last week at home as they will host san francisco this week when that line came out following atlanta's crushing win at the uh, la rams and san francisco blowing yet another double digit home lead falcons opened 11 and a half so only a slight adjustment didn't take long for that line to move up to 13 and a half. And perhaps the most interesting line of the week, the Oakland Raiders at the San Diego Chargers. Now, this line came out last week before the Thursday night game where Oakland played at Kansas City. San Diego was a one-point home favorite in that contest. Of course, Oakland uh, lost at Kansas City, still tied for the division lead, but losing on tiebreakers. The Raiders now to the number five seed, meaning they will not get in opening week by in the playoffs. They'd have to play in that wild card round. And San Diego, of course, losing at Carolina. They're uh, out of the playoff picture. When that line came up, I think that line favoring San Diego last week was a bad line. San Diego won. I think the opening line Sunday afternoon of Oakland, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, was a little bit fairer. The public didn't think it was fair enough. That line's been bet up to Oakland, a three-point road favorite at San Diego.
1: A quick review of the line moves that have happened in Las Vegas from last week to this week, courtesy of Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And with that, Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on the show this week as well.
2: Absolutely. You know, over the last, what, four or five days, all sharp handicappers like Andy, we've been dissecting these bowls in preparation for our bowl publications And our ball handicapping service. I just wanted to ask Andy, are there any lines that are surprising to you, Andy? Maybe there's a uh, favorite that you think should be the underdog or a total you think is too high. Anything that jumps out that you thought was kind of surprising?
3: Nothing has really jumped out at me yet. I usually understand most of these bowl lines because a lot of the times you have to take a look at the quality of competition played. And of course, these are all non-conference games. So sometimes you have to take a look at some of the strengths within the Mid-American Conference where they're facing a team, for example, from the Sun Belt. And when you do that... You can usually see that the linesmaker has the correct team favored, even though the record might not be as good or there may be a disparity in records between, say, a team that goes bowling at 6-6 six and six and they're facing an opponent that was 9-3 and three that came from a weaker conference and perhaps played even weaker non-conference opposition during the course of the season. So I generally take a look at these games on an individual basis, not trying to find lines that don't make sense, but understanding why the lines are where they are and understanding then why the line is where it is and then taking it apart and saying, no, I don't think this factor was emphasized enough when this line was made. And perhaps these statistics point to uh, one team or one total that may not be readily available, or easily recognized, or perhaps even paid great attention to as far as the emphasis or the impact it should have on the game. So uh, as looking at these early games, for example, looking at the game between Houston and San Diego State here excuse me, in Las Vegas, Houston was a three-point favorite or three-and-a-half-point favorite. They remain uh, at that point spread, despite the fact that coming into the bowl season, their coaching situation was in flux with Tom Herman departing for Texas. We didn't know what was going to happen with the Houston coaching search. They had several candidates. They ultimately decided to promote Major Applewhite from within, ensuring a bit of stability and continuity. And yet, we've seen no adjustment in the point spread. So I think what we're seeing sometimes in the last few years, lines makers not playing, paying as much attention or putting much emphasis into the intangible surrounding the game, rather putting up numbers based upon power ratings and then letting the marketplace make the judgments and doing the subjective opinions as far as which way the line should move.
1: Andy Isco with his take on the upcoming college football bowl games and his observation before the games kick off starting this Saturday, 40 big college football bowl games on tap. And with that, Andy, before we let you go, we'd love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play on the show this week. You've nailed three consecutive winning complimentary plays in a row, three weeks in a row. Winner number four on tap this weekend. Who would that be?
3: Well, hopefully we'll continue the streak, and I'm going to go a little bit contrarian. I'm also going to go with a favorite. The old saying is you want to buy low and sell high. In sports betting parlance, that means you want to bet a team when they're out of favor with the public. You want to bet uh, against a team when they're highly in favor. And we have such a matchup. We talked briefly about this game earlier, and that's the game between Tampa Bay and Dallas. Tampa Bay playing extremely well, very much in the playoff picture right now, controlling the number two wild card, and they've made tremendous progress. Dallas finally had their long win winning streak broken. They had won 11 in a row after losing opening week to the Giants. Of course, the Giants were the team that ended that winning streak. Now, go back a few weeks. The the Dallas Cowboys had covered, I think it was eight in a row, heading into their Thanksgiving Day game at home against Washington. Washington scored late to give the Redskins a cover in a game that the Cowboys obviously still won. The following week, they went up on a Thursday night to Minnesota, won 17-13, did not cover as three-point road favorites. And of course, last week, as a -a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at the Giants they lost outright in a 10-7 ball game so all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys have failed to cover three weeks in a row public probably will start to get off them a little bit as they go on to the red hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers looking at this game I mentioned earlier that last week the line on this contest was nine and a half favoring Dallas Tampa Bay had a nice 16 to 11 win over New Orleans they didn't play as well as you might have expected at the same time Dallas lost to a team that they're very familiar with a division foe the New York Giants and another close game they lost the opening game 20-19, they lost this rematch on Sunday night, 10-7. Both of their last two games, as I mentioned, at the Giants, at Minnesota, on the road. They're going home for now that primetime Sunday night game. I think if you look at the teams that Tampa Bay has defeated in their recent run, they defeated a number of teams that were one-dimensional, either very rush-heavy and not very good in the passing game, or very good in the passing game with limited running attacks. You don't have that in the Dallas Cowboys. They are very well balanced, both running and passing the football, and I think that's going to create some difficulties for the Tampa Bay defense, and it's going to force Tampa Bay to play from behind. I'm going to look for Dallas to get a win in this game, possibly on the neighborhood of 10 to 13 points. I think seven is a very attractive price to be playing for with a team that has uh, maybe the second-best record in the NFL, tied with Oakland and Kansas City behind the 11-2 and two New England Patriots.
1: Andy Isco likes the Dallas Cowboys and what he perceives to be value in this football game here. Tampa Bay Bucks coming in hot. Dallas a little bit cool. He'll take advantage of what is the value situation back to Dallas Cowboys for his complimentary play on the football show this week. Andy, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week. Enjoy the start of the college football bowl games this season. And we'll look forward to catching up with you again next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
3: Mark Victor have great weeks. Look forward to next week when uh, we'll be down to the final two, and we'll have more teams eliminated and more teams playing to face elimination. That to avoid facing elimination.
1: Thank you much, Andy. That was Andy Isco joining us from thelogicalapproach.com in Las Vegas. Check out this week's football newsletter online at thelogicalapproach.com. Don't go away when Victor and I come back. We'll put the final wraps on this week's show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and our red-hot complimentary plays when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands-down the easiest-to-use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a 5-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight.
0: There's a storm coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing FireFan, it's a game-changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores, you call the plays all in real-time, while you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other die-hard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year, FireFan. Ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code, FREEFIREFAN. That's player rewards code, free FREEFIREFAN. Play the game. Fan the fire. Earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his aw- 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 awesome angle of the week.
1: Alright, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in the National Football League. We call it NFL style Triskodecophobia. And what we're looking to do, that's a key number 13, Triskodecophobia, is to play against any NFL team in game 13 of the season, who won 13 or more games last season, if they're coming into this football contest, off a straight up an ATS loss. Teams in this particular role are just 8-15 against the spread, including 0-5 to the spread when they're at home. That becomes a 100% angle fading home teams in this role will fade the Arizona Cardinals with our NFL-style Triska Decaphobia, awesome angle play on the football card this week, a play against The Arizona Cardinals, and with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his complimentary play. Victor's been on a red hot run with his top complimentary plays, going three and zero the past two weeks as well. Victor, your top comp play, and once again, if you would remind our listeners about your big ten star NFL totals play this Sunday.
2: Absolutely, Mark. We're heading into the holidays, and uh, from a personal standpoint, man, this is going to be one of my best Christmases ever. Uh, I'm two years removed from our little heart incident, Uh, feeling good, getting out, exercising, uh, still madly in love with my wife, had a great uh, football season. I'm doing what I love to do for a living. Uh, Again, a solid season, both in the NFL and in college football. And with that said, let's not forget, first off, Mark, the college football bowl over under his last season our bowl over-unders went 9-4. and four. We're satisfied with those results. Two years ago, 6-2 and two with our bowl over-unders. So we're going to have in the neighborhood of 10 to 12 bowl totals selections. It'll start on Saturday. And as always, our selections available at playbook.com. And we mentioned at the top of the show, we got a big one going in the NFL this Sunday. I'm anticipating the same outcome as each of our last three NFL five-star best bet plays. Those games were five-star over in the Panthers-Raiders game on November 27th, five-star over in the Seahawks-Patriots game back on November 13th, and five-star over in the Raiders-Buccaneers game back on October 30th. All three of those five stars cashed. Our 10-star in college football also cashed Notre Dame-USC over the total. So we do tend to elevate the winning percentage even a few points more when we step out with a four-star or a five-star or a a once-a-year 10-star play. And, again, our 10-star game in the NFL is an over. It's actually one of only two overs I like on the entire Week 15 schedule, and it'll be available as early as Wednesday afternoon at the playbook.com website. Join us. And for our free play today, Mark, we're going to throw in the second over that we like It's not 10-star worthy, but it's uh, potentially 2- to 3-star worthy, and it's going to be in the prime time as well. A game that Andy just touched on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Andy made a very, very good point about going against the grain when you're making your wagers. A team that has faltered over the last few weeks, find a case to play on them. Find a case in your database to go against a hot team. Uh, not not being a sheep falling into line, making a case for the other side. And we can certainly make a case for the total being on the other side in this game. It opened at 46. It's gone up 46.5, 47. So it's gone up a half to a full point, despite the fact that 80 to 85% of the overall original wagers are on the under. What does that tell me? Well, it tells me that the sheep are going under and the sharps are going over. They're the ones that are moving the line upward when 80 to 85% of the total wagers are on the under. I don't blame some of those under folks. They have short memories. All they recall is last Sunday night when Dallas was in a 10 to 7 game against the Giants. All they recall is last uh, Sunday when the Buccaneers held the Saints to only 11 points, the Mighty Saints offense. All they recall is the fact that Tampa Bay has gone under in each of their last four games, but we're making a case for the other side in this game and we're going to be going over and Al Michaels could very well be joining us on this game over the total mark. Again, sharp players know that Dallas, yeah, they play a lot of Sunday night games and they tend to go under when they're on the road, but when they're at home, in Sunday night contests in the last three years, they've gone a perfect 5-0 and to the over. Not only that, but NFL favorites off a Sunday night road loss that went over under the total, like the Cowboys, have gone a perfect 8-0 to the over in the last five seasons. Again, I'm well aware, sharp totals players are well aware that both of these teams are off great defensive performances in their last game. Uh, holding the Giants and the Saints to 10 and 11 points, respectively. That's okay. That's okay by us because in our database query since 2002, NFL home favorites of less than nine points have gone a perfect 8-0 and oh to the over when both teams allowed 11 or less points the previous week when the over-under line is 45 or more points. As I mentioned in this week's totals tip sheet, this is a good week of the season to be playing these NFC non-division conference games over the total. We're going over in Buccaneers, Dallas. The number is currently 46.5 to 47. 80 to 85% of the early action is on the under. We're going the other way, Mark. TAPPA and Dallas over the total. The new NBC TV flex primetime game. And again, don't forget our 10-star NFL game of the year. Available as early as Wednesday evening at playbook.com.
1: Victor King King Creole Sports goes over the total in the Sunday night flex game between Dallas and Tampa Bay for his complimentary play on the show this week and once again a quick reminder is huge 10 Star NFL Totals Play of the Year goes Sunday pick it up online at playbook.com this weekend and also while you're going online visit our friends over at My Bookie My Bookie has got a huge Match play bonus now in effect for Playbook listeners. All you need to do is to log on at mybookie.ag that's mybookie.ag to pick up your match play bonus. Get in time right now for all the college football bowl games if you will at mybookie. Log on now at mybookie.ag or call them up to a $3000 sign up bonus. All you need to do is use the promo code playbook. That's playbook. Call them toll free at 1 1- 844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Get in line for your up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag this weekend. And a quick reminder that my NFL Perfect System Play of the Year will kick off this weekend. On Sunday, we've been on a major run with our big game plays this football season. We're 10-2 and two in our big game plays this year. We had a big NFL Game of the Month winner last Sunday with the Green Bay Packers over Seattle as our major winning run on big games continues again this weekend. You can get that play along with all of my college football bowl releases this week and my NFL plays all the way from Saturday through Thursday through next Thursday. That's a full week of college and pro football action for just $99 complete with the big NFL Perfect System play of the year. All you need to do is log on at playbook.com. Or call me toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. And when you do, also ask about our college football bowl bonanza. It kicks off this weekend. Every college bowl play I make in our college football bowl bonanza. And if you're online, be sure to download that copy of the Playbook College Bowl Stat Report. You'll want to have that puppy in your hands in time for the bowl games, the college football bowl stat report. My complimentary play, speaking of college bowl games this weekend, is in the New Orleans Bowl. When Louisiana Lafayette takes the field against Southern Mississippi, we're going to play Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cages, in this football game, and play them plus the points against Southern Miss. Southern Miss comes in on a little bit of a cold run, if you will. They're just two and five straight up, one and six to the spread, their last seven football games. And in fact, you're coming in here, Louisiana Lafayette, opposite side, red hot, three and one straight up four and zero oh to the spread, their last four football games. What I really like in the contest is the fact that first-year head coaches, as we have in Southern Mississippi in this football game, are just 4-16 to the spread in bowl games when they're favored off a straight-up and point spread win. Mark Hudspeth, the head coach from Louisiana Lafayette, excels in bowl games. He's been in four of them with Louisiana Lafayette. He's won and covered all four football games. Look for him to make it 5-for-5. We'll play Louisiana Lafayette in the New Orleans Bowl for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I'm going to thank our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Our good friend, Andy Isco, joining us from Las Vegas from LogicalApproach.com, And for our good friend, Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence. I remind you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.